the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What difference at this point does it make? Oh, shut up. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. If you like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Merry Christmas to all, and welcome to the Christmas edition of Unite IE Radio. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Don Dix from the Corona Chapter of Act for America and historian and best-selling author John Hancock. I know we've had several requests, gentlemen, regarding Christmas carols, but we've decided that we're going to sing anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want to echo your Merry Christmas sentiment and Happy New Year to our listeners, and uh, it's been a great, interesting year, uh, certainly from the standpoint of having something to talk about, you know, between the presidential campaign and all of the other stuff, the tragedy here in San Bernardino, unfortunately, uh, the Paris terror attacks. I mean, there there has been a, a, a tsunami of, of stuff for us to really uh, have the opportunity to expose the left for, you know, what they've done. Heck, just support, uh, expose the guys on our own side. Well, and that too, right? Yeah, right. There's been a, you know, also, um, we need to remember, it's just been barely over two years ago that we started this radio program. From our historian, giving us the historical perspective. Very good. Yes, you're right. I mean, which has been, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. I mean, it's just flew by, but it's been two years that this show has been on the air and we've been coming together um, once a week to, to talk about politics and issues and the cause. And, you know... It just shows how amazing when you get involved with things that your life can become. Sure. And we like to, um, we think things are tough now, and they are. The country's in a lot of trouble right now, and it it is. But let's also think back to an earlier Christmas, Mm -hmm. Christmas of 1776. And we have a clip of of Newt Gingrich is going to tell us the story of the Christmas of 1776. General Washington and his troops had been defeated in September, driven from Brooklyn to Manhattan, from Manhattan to north of New York City, around the Palisades, across New Jersey. They declined from 30,000 troops in September to 2,500 effectives on Christmas Day. Of the 2,500, one-third did not have boots. They were wearing burlap bags wrapped around their feet. And as they marched, they left a trail of blood. General Washington knew that if he didn't win a victory soon, the entire army would have disappeared. And so he had to do something desperate. He proposed to cross an icy river at night in a snowstorm and then march nine miles in the dark to the city of Trenton, a village that had 800 German troops, professionals, Hessians. He was going to surprise them and capture them. 
It was a very dangerous plan. Because it was harder to get there than they thought, they were four hours late. And yet, as a sign of divine providence, there was an enormous snowstorm coming from the north, behind them, pushing them towards Trenton. A storm so enormous that the German troops said nobody could be out in this kind of weather. So they didn't post guards. They didn't muster at dawn as they normally would, because it was impossible. And for Europeans, it probably was impossible. But these were Americans. They were used to the American winter. They were used to deer hunting in the winter. They were used to traveling in the winter. This was just a terrible snowstorm. It wasn't a reason to stop. Washington's troops surprised the Germans, captured 800 of them at the cost of one American, and then ran for the river before the British Army could catch them, went across the river with their prisoners. Within two weeks, 15,000 volunteers showed up and Washington began driving the British across New Jersey. The revolution had been saved. How big a gamble was it? That night, as they began to get in the boats, they were told that the password for that evening was victory or death, and they meant it. They were prepared to give everything for freedom. Surely, in the most successful country in history, we can do what is necessary we can be in the spirit of General Washington and the Americans who fought for freedom. We can go out, get the vote out, make the argument, stand up for freedom. And I believe we can have as big an impact in helping America remain free in our generation as they did in theirs. You know, I think about doing things or you're, you're working away and taking time from my law practice to, uh, to work on political matters. You know, we owe it to the guys who marched through the snow, leaving a trail of blood in the snow to not lose what they gave us. Well, exactly. And the history goes back, as you know, Edmund Burke said, liberty is, something, is, is a contract between the, the, the living the dead and those yet to be born. We inherited our liberty from those who fought against tyranny going back to to the 300s when they fought it, when the Saxons fought against the Roman authoritarianism as I write in my my new book Liberty and Prosperity. If you think about this liberty that we inherited, you know, is is not centuries old. It's tens of centuries old. And and we inherited from from people who died. We'll never know who they are but they died for us. And it's our moral obligation to preserve it for those yet to become. And that's why I'm involved. And this is why I fight these battles because we aren't fighting like World War II anymore. You know, we aren't fighting an enemy that in, in another uniform from another country. We are fighting basically enemies from within and we have to resist them. I completely agree. And this is the calling that many of us have answered in this battle for the values that, you know, made this country great. People like General George Washington, that was the focus of this story and how he led uh, these. You can't even imagine what these people were going through. This this small, you know, fragment of a budding country that were fighting for the values and the principles and the vision of what they saw uh, the opportunity to be here in America and uh, had no way of knowing what their actions that day 
And so many of them during that campaign uh, have led to, you know, creating what we have today and and our responsibility to carry it on. So important. You also look at that and uh, Gingrich mentioned divine providence. I mean, so many things could have gone wrong. So many things had to go right. The the snowstorm, the Germans didn't post guards, the Germans didn't muster at dawn, and all resulted in that key victory that without which the revolution may have died. Well, you know, people, we, we, we take night attacks now for granted. I mean, but that was because of technology, night vision goggles and GPS systems that can mark where everybody is and let a commander know where all his forces are. But that's only been in recent times. I think Desert Storm was probably one of the first ones where where a commander had con- complete control of, of night operations. But in 1776, this is why the, the, the Prussians didn't have postcards, because to attack in such a storm was considered impossible at nighttime across a river. That's one of the most hardest and f- oper- military operations to perform. And they did it. And they did it in log boats, fishermen boats. I mean, they didn't have craft that carry them, specialized craft. They just went and collected up and down the river as many boats as they can find to shuttle the people across. There's also a little bit of a side story to this is that Washington's use of espionage and use of disinformation is still, it's, it is studied by the CIA today. And he had used his agents to spread word to the British. Though these Americans, they're, they're, they're defeated, they're disorganized, they're demoralized, they can't possibly do anything. And that's a little side story to this of how clever and how, and his leadership in the revolution was so crucial, not just on the battlefield, but off the battlefield. So much more to come in this last show of 2015. Uh, we have some uh, incredible audio setting us up for, you know, the 2016 we'll talk about. Uh, optimistically looking forward uh, to that day. We've got to take a break to acknowledge uh, one of our great sponsors of this program. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Ed is a great patriot, sponsors this show, sponsors the Conservative Conference, and more more with um, our Christmas edition after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, The Answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Christmas edition of the Unite IE Radio program. 
this will be the last show of the year. And, you know, we were just talking about, um, we heard Newt Gingrich's story about Christmas in 1776. And, you know, that battle, the crossing of the Delaware, it's so remembered because it was a turning point. You know, it, it, up until that point, the, the American forces, have, or the colonial forces, had continually lost just about every battle. They were being chased all over. And basically, you know, it was a lack of British aggression that did not ele- that completely eliminate the the colonial army or the, or the, revol- the um, colonial forces, but one of the things that was a, a turning point, and it's real interesting. You know, we, we if we look at that battle, or we look at Midway in World War II, or El Alamein, or Stalingrad, you know, we these are obvious turning points of when when the the good guys started to win. They stopped losing and they started to win and take back everything. And, you know, at the time, a lot of people don't recognize it. When you're involved in those historical events, you don't recognize a turning point. Only in 2020 hindsight does it become obvious. And, And, you know, I'm thinking there's something similar going on today. I think 2016, talking about, you know, this is the last show of the year, 2016 can be really the turning point in taking this country back if enough people get involved to make a difference. Well, sure, and it is the people getting involved. It's not that Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, or whoever you may favor is not going to save the country. Right. One of the people that can do that is the citizens. And how many times do we say the most important political office is that of the private citizen? Well, this is a a really important uh, area of focus that we probably need to bring up every Saturday for on the Unite Inland Empire radio program, and that is, you know, we're we're struggling right now to find a leader that can uh, move us away from everything that, and quite frankly, I'm surprised it's taken seven years of, you know, Barack Obama's, uh, you know, peeling out of his ideology and, and instituting this for people to wake up. But there are people on both sides of the aisle, Democrats are, you know, I, I talked to folks who voted for Obama twice that, you know, are sitting here watching some of the things happening right now saying, I, I really, this is not the deal I signed up for. I never envisioned that this was, you know, what Obama had in mind for us as a country, but, but people are starting to wake up, but we've got to find a leader that we can fall in line with. And that's what we're doing right now in 2016. But once we identify that leader, it's, it, it continues to be important and a responsibility of everybody that listens to our show to find a place in this, uh, work that we're engaged in to bring the country back to, uh, the things that create liberty, that create freedom, uh, you know, we're seeing, you know, this explosion across college campuses of um, this this notion that we've got these fragile snowflakes that cower, you know, under, you know, these triggering phrases and they can't handle true colleges were not meant to be a safe space. They were meant to be a place where your ideas and your visions are challenged. And it's only when you you have that opportunity to, you know, vet your belief system against others, do you really begin to understand what it is that other people are saying, what the values are that you uh, have, that rep- what that represents when, when transferred out into the greater public? That's the place that you're, that you should be challenged is college, not, you know, protected for Pete's sake. Well, it's, it's, wasn't my original term, but someone came up with a term for these college students, cry bullies. 
Sure. Right. So it's not so much about, I mean, protecting it. They're using this to in- intimidate. They're using this to impose their views and to silence others. So it's really, it's kind of a passive aggressive. It's kind of a uh, offensive use of their supposed sensitivities. Well, it, it's, let's face it, political correctness is the same way. It, it just, it, it allows people, it's a way of, of using social censorship to impose, you know, keeping people quiet on, on dissenting views. And, and this is just a, a natural play of it. And everything the left touches, you know, the, the universities, it, it, you know, um, home life now. I mean, did you see at Harvard, I, or I think it was Yale, Yale where, they, where they made placemats in, in the dining room hall, and it was, t- it was telling people, it was a guide on how to defend your, your, your leftist views while you're at home with your ignorant conservative family. Now, that was Harvard. I was thinking of, another, of a Yale. We'll talk about that in a, in a minute here. Is, that was actually yeah, Harvard. So, so, so now they were taking politics into the family de- holiday meal. Not just politics, but a particular yes. viewpoint of politics. You know, there's another thing that I think we want to keep our eyes on in 2016, and that's the, the fight that Rebecca, Rebecca Friedrichs has mounted. Uh, now her case is, is getting ready to be heard before the Supreme Court sometime, possibly in 2016. But it's this notion of uh, control. Uh, you know, by the left. And, you know, Rebecca Friedrich's fight is taking the unions to task for, you know, violating the free speech of the teachers by forcing them to be members of a union that when their politics are taken into the public square, those political agendas of the unions don't represent people that are forced into paying those union dues. And now it's gone beyond just the California Teachers Association. This case is setting up in 2016 to be a landmark case where unions of every stripe across the country are weighing in on this because they realize that if her case wins, it could literally be the death knoll of, of the political agenda that's that's carried out by unions and the forced contributions that these employees uh, that don't see eye to eye with the political agenda of unions are forced to make. Sure, Thomas Jefferson said to compel a man to furnish contributions of money for the propagation of opinions which he disbelieves and abhors is sinful and tyrannical. And that's exactly what uh, Rebecca Friedrich's case is is all about. You know, it's and so this is one definitely to be watched in 2016, because to your point about turning points, John, this could be a pivotal turning point. If her case doesn't win, I'm sure it's not the end of it. But it's a very critical piece of this larger puzzle that the ideologues of the left have taken over these institutions, whether it's schools, unions, um, you know, the media. All of these are, are are bastions of liberal, left-leaning progressivism that's that's hiding the Marxist, communist, socialist agenda that underlies all of it. Well, and the unions all tend to be, the higher you go up in the union hierarchy, the further and further to the left you go. So the actual right. union is much further to the left than their Consid- rank-and-file yeah. members. Absolutely. Well, and, and talking about turning parts, we need to remember, we're just talking about Christmas in 1776. And yes, we focus on George Washington properly. You know, so, you know, he, he did. But he needed his lieutenants and his captains. He needed his infantrymen. He needed his cavalry. He needed the oarmen who rowed him across and his troops across the river. If it wasn't for them, 
that could never have taken place. Absolutely. And this is what we need. This, this is what this caused. For this to be a turning point, we need people to start becoming the captains mm-hmm. and the infantry and the oarmen and get involved. It's no longer enough that you go and vote. And, and I hear people say, well, if, if, the, if the country votes in Hillary Clinton next year, then we get what we deserve. You know what? If all you're doing is sit, if the majority of people still sit on the couch and don't get involved and just go and vote for that one day, then, yes, I say the same thing. We get what we deserve. Only 3% of adult males of military age served in the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War. 3%. That's right. And they beat, the, and they beat the most, what was then the most powerful right. country in the world. That's, yeah, all, mean, we, that's I, all we need today, and, and 3%. When, when it, at the end of the battle, when, the, um, when, when, they, when they surrendered, when the British surrendered at the end, Cor- Cornwallis, the, the British Army played a tune called The World Turned Upside Down. Because how is it that this rabble could defeat the greatest army in the world. It it was inconceivable at the time, but they did it. Hang with us because we have other voices that have joined the fray uh, coming up here on the United Inland Empire radio program, our last program of the year, to act as examples for what we can do. Another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, a great patriot and the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy, but you need to refinance the home you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt, or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock right here on AM 590, The Answer. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the IE Radio Program. This is a special Christmas edition. It's the last show of the year. But we also, you know, as we, as we look at Christmas and we're celebrating, we've, we've also had a loss. And we're talking about people who stepped up. And on Monday, I learned that Avi Davis, the president of the American Freedom Alliance, of which I am a fellow of, had passed away at the mm. young age of 57. Um, he had a, a coronary issue. He was in a coma for a week. And then uh, finally, uh, he, he succumbed to his condition. And, um, you know, these are the people who, you know, who step up. I mean, he was so involved. In, and part of it, I think, was, um, you know, he, he did these amazing events. I worked with him on the Magna Carta event back mm-hmm. in June, which was amazing. We had John Howard, the former prime minister of Australia there. We, we had these great events that he was doing. And and he he was from Australia. He was Oxford educated. But he loved America. He loved the principles we stood for. And here he was basically a a naturalized citizen, not born here. But he was doing more for this country than a lot of people who are born here ever did. And, you know, one of the things that I I marveled about at some of the events and dinners that I went to that he sponsored 
was the people that would that I would see there that I knew but didn't know that knew him. So right. we had Mike Munsing, who's a city councilman down in uh, Aliso Viejo. Uh, there's folks I know from San Diego County that are involved in sort of what we call the counter jihad movement, exposing uh, you know the the advance of political and radical Islam. I saw these people at at his events and had no idea. So the reach that he had in the community was huge, and it is a it's a huge loss. But it but it's also a time for us to really reflect about what we can do. Here's one guy, right, that did an amazing amount to to bring light uh, to these issues, to give people the information they needed to go out and uh, and fight the good fight to you know, push back on this progress, this wave of progressivism that's sweeping over the planet. Um, Avi Davis's life is a life to be celebrated. And it shows everybody can do something. And maybe, right. maybe you don't start your own brand new organization, but you can get involved in something. You can run for local office. You can walk for your, for your candidates. You can make a, a contribution to the extent that you're able to. There's room for everyone to do something and... If we don't do something, we're going to lose the country that the guys of Christmas of 1776 gave us. Absolutely. And when we return for our second half of the United Inland Empire radio program, we're going to talk about another happy warrior that we lost. And we're going to remember some of the most important things that he told us and and emboldened us and the legacy that he's left behind on the United Inland Empire radio program as we continue with our Christmas edition of our program. Back after this. My goal is to destroy the New York Times and CNN. I always thought that we could be their friends, and I'm talking not just them or New York, that they would take our criticism and our acting as their checks and balances, the fifth estate on the fourth estate, and that they would uh, correct themselves, that they would that we they would become better citizens. They've chosen not to go that route. And I really believe and I'm committed to the destruction of the old media guard. And it's a very good business model. But I I, I believe that from that, something better will come because nothing could be better than a group of people that collectively sneer and think that it's an obvious joke that when people want to have redress for their grievances, that they're called teabaggers and everybody has a, a great laugh at it. That we have to defend ourselves for having this conversation is despicable. The media class is the wall that we have to climb over in order for our voices to be heard. Once our voices are heard, then democracy will happen. That was Andrew Breitbart, the founder of Breitbart News, and this was a video that they released today commemorating that so far this year, Breitbart News has had one billion, with a B, page views, and that's just extraordinary growth, and beyond just their numbers of 20 million viewers a month, uh, they are driving the dialogue. They're, they're, They're carrying on what Breitbart started before we lost him much too soon. Well, and, and you know, these, these are nice. This is a, an amazing thing, and it just shows how uh, an organization using new media, you know, using using the internet, can make penetration and get the message out and be an alternative to the mainstream media, which, as as we know, is the audio video department of the Democrat Party or or, or the leftists, and and this just shows how something, you know, whether it's American Freedom Alliance, it's Breitbart, how 
powerful we can become if we just do something. You know, and in a very real way, what Andrew Breitbart did is being echoed in what we're doing right here, right now. Because, you know, it was his example, along with many of the other sort of new media uh, individuals that have risen to prominence on websites just like Breitbart. You've got Town Hall, you've got Hot Air and Twitchy, you've got, I mean, just the plethora of of bloggers out there that are echoing uh, what Andrew Breitbart said. You know, he said he would, he had hoped Mm -hmm. that by raising his voice that he would uh, encourage them to correct what they're what they've done and they didn't they doubled down so he committed himself to destroying the old media guard and that this media class is the wall that we have to climb over in order to be able to get our message heard in order to be able to talk about the very things that made america great and you know and we're doing that in a very real way just recently you guys you know with the redlands tea party and and redlands town hall stood up and, you know, made your concerns heard in a very sane and sound and rational way. You even got uh, you got heard on Breitbart. That was picked up. But then it was echoed on Drudge. You know, you guys, you know, your effort in, in the city of, of Redlands ended up getting attention on what is for the for, for us, you know, in conservative circles, one of the go to places, the Drudge Report, where, you know, he highlights these headlines. You guys were featured on Drudge Report. I mean, that's that is so huge. It's it, it, you know, you really got to sit back and, and and think about and all the new voices that are coming up within the Inland Empire that are, you know, sort of answering this call. And it was, it was also the, the same kind that uh, Breitbart talked about in that clip we played is in response to raising these concerns. And the recent terrorist attack shows our concerns were totally justified that we were excoriated. Right. Not only in the press, but if you, for those of you, we, we played clips of Redlands Mayor Paul Foster last week, basically saying we were all just fear mongering, not addressing any of our uh, uh, things that we brought up, and that uh, basically calling us evil. That you were answering evil with evil. Right. I so, mean, ha- come on. How, how, it, this is exactly what the left does. They want to shut down dissenting opinions this city council this this period of public comment is the opportunity for people with dissenting views to be heard it's a release valve for the pressure in the community to be able to come out and say and you know that if the situation were reversed and there were people that were raising views that we didn't necessarily let's say that the the political spectrum in redlands was completely reversed and you had a republican a majority conservative city council there i i would perish the thought and i would excoriate a conservative that called dissenting views evil right i mean certainly could have said gee we appreciate you bringing these to our attention and we're concerned about the safety of, of everyone in Redlands. And in response to your concerns, here's what I've done. I called the Archdiocese. I called the State Department. I called Congressman Aguilar. This is what they told me. But we're going to continue to watch this. And if we have more information, we'll, we'll let you know. But I want to thank these citizens for being – no. We're, That's we're, we're evil. Right. No, and, 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 you know, like, like Breitbart said, it, you know, this is one of those things where they just – as soon as you speak out, if you have a dissenting voice or an opinion – 
They don't debate you. They don't engage you. They don't counter any evidence you put. They just call you a name. Right. And, and, and you know, and, and I think if he, if he could have got away with it, he would have called you an Islamophobe. You well, know, but he didn't. I mean, he went worse. He went beyond that. He called you evil. Right. As we went over last week, you know, the definition of an Islamophobe. You remember that? Right. Yes. Someone who knows more. Who, a non-Muslim. Right. Who knows more about Islam than they should. Yes. <laughs> it's true, unfortunately. Now, Andrew Breitbart said about this, walk towards the fire. Don't worry about what they call you. All of those things are said because they want to stop you in your tracks. But if you keep going... You're sending a message to the people who are rooting for you, who are agreeing with you. The message is that they can do it too. Well, you know, absolutely. That is that. That's that's great stuff. And I want to bring uh, an important point. My wife and I last night were watching, and they had what What would you do on TV? And it showed they had a thing where someone would walk by and steal a purse or someone in, in a in a crowded restaurant or bar, and they, and what would how would people react? And one of the interesting thing is it just took everybody just sat there until one person reacted. As soon as one person reacted, everybody reacted. Mm-hmm. So it just takes that one person to stand up. When you hear someone speaking complete liberal nonsense, it just takes that one person to stand up. And I think Trump does this. This is empowering the conservatives. Whether you like Trump, you think he's a conservative or not, he is empowering people to stand up. Because I see that more and more. I'll be out, and I mentioned this before, I'll be out someplace, and someone will say something, some liberal nonsense. And now, instead of being quiet because they don't want to cause a problem, so a conservative will stand up to that person. And then all of a sudden, you see five or six other people stand up to that person. That's all it takes, one person to be a leader. Absolutely. You know, you, you brought up a, a point earlier uh, during our uh, show prep, uh, Greg, about an individual in Texas who has who has been a part of this voice about the danger and, and problem of illegal immigration and the way that our administration – and 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 local municipalities in terms of the uh, sanctuary cities and law enforcement are are enabling a threat amongst us. Her name is Maria Espinoza, and she was the founder of something called the Stolen Lives Quilt. Right. The Remembrance Project, and what they've done is they made a quilt out of, for people, one panel for every family member who has been killed by right. an illegal immigrant. And, we- and, and, if so, and if the nation had enforced... Our immigration laws, their family member would be alive today. And and we have folks in our community that uh, carry that remembrance uh, quilt uh, at different events. They actually went to a Trump event in L.A. with the remembrance quilt, and they got exposure through the media because of Trump for you know this project so at a at a trump press press conference he's going through and he had folks like jameel shaw other individuals that whose families were victims of uh you know crimes that were that were uh you know carried out by illegal immigrants and so it got exposure there. So there's another example of people that are standing up and being a part of the solution. Right. Not only she, she got started on this project and has grown to nationwide, but now she's going one step further. She's running for Congress in 2016 exactly. against a Republican, John Culberson, who voted for the Pelosi-Ryan budget that, among other things, fully funds 
sanctuary cities, fully funds Planned Parenthood, fully funds Obama's global warming agreement. So she's taking it one step further. And funds the Syrian um, refugees. Fun, funds bringing as many refugees as Obama wants to with no qualifications, no vetting, no requirements, no nothing. And Representative John Culberson, who's a Republican in Texas, has a conservative view, review rating of 60%. And Maria Espinoza saying he no longer represents conservative Texas values. So you see people like this standing up to oppose these things. Yes, her website is mariaforamerica.com. Go give her a visit there. And that's a ready-made website and a model for anyone else that wants to run against Republicans, nominal Republicans that voted for the Ryan Pelosi budget, like our friend, uh, not friend, Paul Cook, Ken Calvert, among others here in California. Absolutely. We're going to have more on this topic when we return here on the United Inland Empire radio program. Right now, we've got a message from one of the important members of our community that is standing up and sponsoring uh, this program so that we can be on the air. And so if you have a problem, if your car's been in an accident, the place to go is All-Star Collision because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. And we have been talking in our last segment about the uh, effect that individuals can actually have. And that was one of the things that struck me when I first became politically active back in 2010. And I went out and did some voter registration. And uh, the number of people that would say, you know, what is one vote? What is my voice? It doesn't matter. And we've just seen examples of what one voice and one vote can uh, have. And uh, Maria Espinoza, who had the Stolen Lives quilt, and now she's running for Congress. Andrew Breitbart, who was a member of the left and woke up one day, as so many have. You know, we've got so many examples. Evan Sayet, uh, Anne-Marie Morell of the Politichicks, even Morgan Brittany of that same group that were at one point in time uh, steadfast liberals that woke up to the lies of the left and became involved. You know, we've got a great opportunity coming up this year uh, in March, uh, March 19th to be specific, when we're going to hold our third annual Unite IE Conservative Conference in conjunction with this station, AM590, The Answer. That's a great place to get information. There'll be great speakers. You'll connect with uh, other fellow patriots. You'll see that you're not alone, that you're not the kook. You're not the crazy one. Right. 
and you'll, you will have, you will have a good time. Each one of these conferences has grown. We had 600 or so the first year. We had more than a thousand the second year. We we're going to sell this one out at 1500 in the Fox Cedar Riverside. So that put that date, March 19 on your calendar. It's going to be a great event and well worth your time. Well, you know, Greg, you, you bring up a good point. It's like, it's like for a Christian, you know, church, you know, you, you go to church, not just for the lesson, but for fellowship and support that you are not the, sometimes you, you're, you're not the only one and, and you get reinforced. Well, that's what this conference and the groups around the Inland Empire are about. When you get connected, you know, on, on a monthly basis, or if you go to more, more things, maybe even on a weekly basis, you can go and get reinforced in your, and get refueled in a way, re-energized to, to carry forward. And one thing I want to mention to everybody that's out there, you know, us three guys weren't really politically active up until a couple of years ago. I mean, you know, and, and now we're, we, we just kind of got together. Something needs to be done out here. And, and we're, we're helping put this conference together. We're doing radio show, you know, and, and, and as, as Trump would say, this is not to be braggadocio, but it's to be. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, that's, yeah. No, but he, um, you know, but it, it just shows three guys that really did not, weren't involved in politics, what we've been able to do locally. You can do it. Other people can do it. Well, absolutely. And this is a place for those that have been to this conference before to reach out to their friends and neighbors. Those people that are still sitting on the couch, still upset, still and are beginning to wonder, what can I do? How can I get involved? Bring them because you never know who it is that's going to be that you're going to bring that might be the next Andrew Breitbart, that might be the next Maria Espinosa, that might be inspired to, you know, run for some of these down races that are so important to city council and uh, school board. This is where the future leaders are going to become uh, sort of empowered to get involved. They're going to see the opportunity and say, you know, I could do something. And you never know, and it's an opportunity for you to. You could bring someone your... that, that might not be the next councilman, you know, in your in your city, right? You know, absolutely. Have to be big. These are important opportunities. March nineteenth, the Unite Inland Empire Radio, uh, United Inland Empire Conservative Conference, and we're going to be talking about that. And so, bring people to the radio show every Saturday. Share this radio show so that those folks can hear that there is an opportunity here in the Inland Empire to be effective. Yes, and we're on uh, at four p.m. was our first time, and usually on Saturdays at, at ten p.m. and even sometimes on on Sundays. Or you can catch us on the podcast at AM five. When we return, we're going to read an editorial that was first written in 1949 uh, by a gentleman by the name of Vermont Royster, but it's been published every year in the Wall Street Journal since. It's called In Hoc Anno Domini, and it really plays out the importance of sort of the Christmas story and the inspiration that that has for where we're at today. So stay tuned for that after this message from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are the kings of wreck and roll. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. 
You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition. Safety checked, washed, and detailed. Fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. Welcome back to our final segment for our Christmas edition of Unite IE Radio. Every year, the Wall Street Journal publishes an editorial that has done so since 1949, entitled, In Hoc Anno Domini, on, on Christmas Day, in the Year of Our Lord. And we think it explains the connection between the events of 2,000 years ago and the country and freedom that we have today. So I'll start off. When Saul of Tarsus set off on his journey to Damascus, the whole of the known world lay in bondage. There was one state, and it was Rome. There was one master for it all, and he was Tiberius Caesar. Everywhere there was civil order, for the arm of Roman law was long. Everywhere there was stability in the government and in society, for the centurions saw that it was so. But everywhere there was something else, too. There was oppression for those who were not friends of Tiberius Caesar. There was tax-gatherer, to take the grain from the fields and the flax from the spindle to feed the legions or to fill the hungry treasury from which divine Caesar gave largesse to the people. There was, there was the emperor who, to find recruits for the circuses. There were executioners to quiet those whom the emperor proscribed. What was a man for but to serve Caesar? There was a persecution of men who dared think differently, who, who heard strange voices or read strange manuscripts. There was enslavement of men whose tribes came not from Rome, disdain for those who did not have the familiar vestige. And most of all, there was everywhere a contempt for human life. What to the strong was one man more or less in a crowded world? Then... Of a sudden, there was a light in the world, and a man from Galilee, saying, Render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And the voice from Galilee, which would defy Caesar, offered a new kingdom, in which man could walk upright and bow to none but God. Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it to me. And he sent this gospel of the kingdom of man into the uttermost ends of the earth. So the light came into the world, and the men who lived in darkness were afraid. And they tried to lower a curtain so that man would still believe salvation lay with the leaders. But it came to pass for a while in diverse places that the truth did set man free, although the men of darkness were offended, and they tried to put out the light. The voice said, Haste ye! Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Along the road to Damascus, the light shone brightly. But afterwards, Paul of Tarsus, too, was so afraid. He feared that the other Caesars, other prophets, might one day persuade men that man was nothing save a servant unto them that men might yield up their birthright from God for pottage and walk no more in freedom. 
then might it come to pass that darkness would settle again over the lands, and there would be a burning of books, and men would think only of what they should eat and what they should wear, and would give heed only to new Caesars and false prophets. Then might it come to pass that men would not look upward to see even a winter star in the east, and once more there would be no light at all in the darkness. And so Paul, the apostle of the Son of Man, spoke to his brethren, the Galatians, the words he would have us remember afterward in each of the years of his Lord. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That really explains it. And when the line here that I picked up here, what was a man but for to serve Caesar. That's right. the question. That's one of the age-old questions: the state or the individual. And our side, what America was founded on, it was this reversing of the order. Traditionally, it was at the top. Maybe there was a god. Then it was the king or the government or the pharaoh. Then below that, the people. Mm-hmm. But what, the unique thing, what the exceptional thing about what um, the American Revolution, what made America exceptional, was the order was God on top then the people, and below the people, the government. Right. And the biggest fear that Paul has is in the in the last part of what John read, what he said was the, the, their biggest fear that Caesars and other prophets would rise up that might one day persuade men that man was nothing save a servant unto them, that men might yield up their birthright from God. And that's exactly what's embodied in our founding documents is our birthright and our, our our rights. And the Constitution codifies that and protects those. And we're in an environment now where those are getting yielded up to those modern-day Caesars and prophets. Well, and what struck me was when, they, when what was written, everywhere there was civil order, for the arm of the Roman law was long. Everywhere there was stability in government and in society, for the centurion saw that it was so. You know, freedom and security are, are sometimes the opposite of each other. And that's the struggle we have today. Is Are we here to serve the state, or is the state here to serve us? And how willing we might be to give up our freedom for securities promised by the government. And we're seeing that happen right now. Or just free stuff. I mean, are, we, are, oh, we right. willing, are we willing to give up our freedom for pottage? Right. Yep. That is all the time we're going to have for this week's show. Um, we thank you so much for listening, not only to this week's show, but for the, the entire year. And we hope that you're getting something useful out of this show. And gentlemen, um, Merry Christmas to you and Merry Christmas to our, um, to our listeners. Happy New Year to you. And make it a promise to yourself that in 2016, you'll share this show and Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock with others and help us to build our listening audience. Yes, and, and make 2016 that, that turning point for the saving of this country. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.